0: You are listening to Mediation Station and this is your host, Greg Fenton. Each week we explore topics and ideas related to the experience of people with conflict and look to promote the profession of conflict resolvers. We are available to connect with at greggf.primus.ca and 647-227-4734. Visit us at our Facebook page to like us and Facebook group page to become a member. Also, visit YouTube channels for both CHHA, 1610 AM, and Greg Fenton. Listen to podcasts of each radio show by visiting either of SoundCloud.com or iTunes podcasts under Mediation Station in the Arts section. We have a Twitter account, and please follow us at Fenton Mediation. Our topic tonight is called How Can Patients Navigate Conflict? With our visitors Rita Zarni and Trish Mospinuso, who work within <laughs> patient <laughs> ombudsman. How about you share a little bit about your perspective?
1: Perspective, uh, head yeah. Uh, like, what's night.
0: your background professionally, ma'am?
2: Um, as you know, Greg, <laughs> we we've known each other 20 years or something like that. Um, yes, mediation all kinds of mediation Uh, we started together in the community mediation and um, uh, and then we evolved and and i uh, went into the family mediation um, and then i worked at fiscal was the insurance and motor vehicle insurance and um, mediation then today patient ombudsman that I find extremely meaningful.
0: You've been here a few times, you've talked on different topics with relation to the work you do and the uh, practice which is including nonviolent communication, Marshall mm-hmm. Rosenberg's baby if you want to call it, mm-hmm. right? You're
2: that accompanies me everywhere. Yeah, fact, that's yeah, part I of, it you walk way. the talk?
0: I try. You talk the walk?
2: <laughs> I try certainly.
0: <laughs> um, and, and Trish, Help us understand a little bit about you.
1: Well, my background, professionally, is healthcare consumer complaints management. So for the last 20 years, I've been working with patients and families that have had a difficult time with the healthcare system and helping them to resolve any issues that arise. Mm -hmm. And most recently, I've joined patient ombudsman. Right. And this is my first radio show.
0: Really? Yes. You look good for it. Thank you. Just like me.
1: <laughs> so I'm really grateful for the opportunity to come and talk about patient ombudsman and the work that we do. Uh, in terms of my background, yeah, I have, uh, tra- my background is in bioethics, mediation. Well, what does
0: that mean? Just give a quick synopsis of what bioethics means.
1: Well, it's, uh, For the looking, benefit of the listener. It's a way of framing, uh... A conflict, uh, particularly in uh, the health field, it doesn't necessarily have to be in a hospital environment, mm-hmm. um, uh, to help understand the issues, like, uh, for example, uh, issues in death and dying, um, what's important in terms of what's considered by a patient and family, for example, and uh, what's important in terms of a healthcare team providing to a patient who may be at the end of life and when uh, values intersect in a way that causes conflict. Right. Uh, bioethics is one way of helping um, frame the issues. To
0: get some rationale. To yes
1: and to engage to start the dialogue off yeah. so that people have uh, a better understanding of each other's perspectives, and uh, until you have that, you really can't move forward when there's a conflict. Uh, so bioethics lends itself well to that environment. Um, mm-hmm. In a hospital setting, that would be clinical ethics. Um, and then uh, I'm trained in mediation, a mm-hmm. uh, similar program to the one that you and Rena have taken at York University. Uh, and then I've done investigation training uh, as well as any workshop that I can avail myself to um, so that I can bring to the table the best skills possible uh, to serve the people that that I'm entitled to serve uh, and privileged to serve in my role in patient ombudsman and previously in patient relations in healthcare setting.
0: And unbeknownst to me at the time when the two of you were, I understand you have a profound relationship connection with the Radio Elf, the one to your... You know immediate right
1: to my immediate right yeah
0: what's that connection
1: um the elf otherwise known joanie Joni, um (laughs) is a a much beloved former colleague of mine from um a large urban hospital that we both worked in and we had the opportunity to work collaboratively in resolving issues um, that arose with patients yeah So I'm absolutely thrilled. To be... I can't get the smile out of my fi- off my face. Just I'm so people happy. only
0: could see us. You, yes.
1: well, I make better radio, I think, than TV. <laughs>
0: well, you know, I think that's to be determined. I think by the end of the program today, the show, you'll have a different perspective of your experience with this.
1: Well, I thank you for the opportunity.
0: I thank you and Rita for looking to help inform and educate the public, especially about the work you do, and when people do experience challenges within the healthcare system, because I would think when they're going through healthcare issues on their lives, they don't need necessarily another level of conflict with something of the system that will impact even the quality of going through their medical issue, mm-hmm. which you can and
2: especially, when we enter as a human being the the health system um, us at the a patient ombudsman we deal with hospi- public hospital long-term care home and the services provided by what used to be uh, known as ccsc and is now
0: community care access centers
2: y- yes and now now it's called the local health uh, integration Limbs. network. The lin indeed, and any of those settings is, is a time where we or someone we love is so vulnerable, and and we don't know how to navigate. We don't know how to navigate those uh, issues. It's uh, it's a world that we most of the time don't know and and. Um, relationship bring problems and mm-hmm. systems bring problems and mm-hmm. uh, and, that's, uh, um, and then people can come to professionals so management. as professionals you're, you're
0: you're educating you're trained to do things in a certain level how though on a personal level do you each deal with conflict in your lives
3: profound mm-hmm. <laughs> silence yeah
0: why you mean you don't have conflict in your world uh,
2: personally uh, nonviolent communication. I, I'm uh, I'm trained in nonviolent communication, and that has helped me immensely. Um, no matter how many training I've taken in in, in mediation, this is the one that I, that I really um, ground myself in because it's um, it's a language of uh, a consciousness of of being nonjudgmental judgmental and, and, and empathic and and since i've discovered that tool um it has changed the way the way i approach conflict because um i'm able to in my head to transform conflict as um, an opportunity of being curious about the other and about myself because sometimes we have conflict within. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, we do things, not always intentional or deliberate. It, it's maybe mm-hmm. the norm of our practice, our lived experiences, that we intersect with somebody else and it becomes <coughs> somewhat problematic maybe?
2: Yeah, and, and, and when you go back into the work we do at the Patient Ombudsman, it's often when someone tells you the, the challenges um, when they when they express because it's already hard to make that call and 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 try to um to reach out and um, just to be able to hear them out and and validate their the feeling it's 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 huge and and very supportive so i uh, we are as a new resolution specialist trish and and i uh, are very um i think we both grateful to to be able to and um, to embrace um, the the first approach when people are right. calling. Yeah.
1: yeah. Sometimes we're the first um, first opportunity that a complainant or a person that's calling our office has to tell the entire story, and it's usually not one episode. Of care with the healthcare system, that people have a difficulty. It usually is 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 quite an extensive experience over time, with cumulative impact on them. Um, it's emotionally charged. Um, often uh, experiencing uh, just a sense of betrayal from the system, and it really is a privilege to uh, bear witness and listen. Mm-hmm. and um, then help them work toward the next steps in terms of how to evolve the situation or transform the situation into something more positive right, to a and better talking place, with yeah. them about the kind of work we can do to support them in that.
3: I'm just sitting here still completely blown away by synchronicity. Of? Of, of the universe and how... We all get brought together in different ways and different times, different times, and through different channels, and everything just dovetails. The work that we do, our personal relationships, and it's just like every so often, it's this combination you never thought of. I mean, I ever thought of that—that that Rita would lead me back to Trish. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like wow.
0: Right. Yeah. You never know, right? Mind blown. Yeah 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 what did you want
2: to say we we're so passionate by the same things it's it's quite fun to be to be together because we had the energy builds up each time we we see each other and and it's just so inspirational
3: yeah and i i remember when we worked together trish and i um if a complaint came through and you know you always get that knot in your stomach when a complaint comes through about you or about a student or whatever. And I just always felt totally safe when it was Trish handling the complaint. And I and that's really saying something in an environment like a big urban hospital where throats are cut on a daily basis.
0: Hmm. Why did each of you? We done Trish. Why have you? gravitated to become, in this world, of conflict and its hopeful resolution. Why do you center yourself there?
2: Um, at, at Patient Ombudsman, we, not, we don't represent um, either the health sector organization or the person calling in. So um, it's we we working that, that fine balance where we looking at fairness and at the same time we um, we amplify the voice of the the, the caller because sometimes it's the patient the person who's gone through something traumatic um, during that they stay at the hospital or receiving. Some care, um, or it's the family that call on on the be- behalf. And when someone is calling in, it's because they're pretty. Um, they, they, they want something to be done. So it's a it's a privilege, as you were saying, Trish, to to be um, to help navigate the system because the system is difficult to navigate. Uh, it's it's very overwhelming. Um, so that's one thing we do when when someone calls. if if, uh, if it's if they uh, matter that they bring to patient ombudsman Homme- is not part of our mandate our mandate is to help them navigate the system and refer them to the right organization
1: mm-hmm. why
0: system. though do you want to deal with conflict matters
1: i think it's an absolute privilege to be at the intersection in between um, a complainant and a health sector organization and have that opportunity to reconnect them in a meaningful way. Because they need each other. As a patient myself, I need my community hospital, I need my health care provider, but I don't always have to agree with them. And I recognize, as do my colleagues, that there are inherent power imbalances and patient ombudsman, I think, is the intersection to help level the playing field in a way that uh, a patient or a family or, or a member or caregiver um, can feel as an equal at the table, that their voice matters, their experience matters, and it's not just what the health sector organization says, that there's someone in the middle that's listening to the story that's helped helping them to have the dialogue with the health sector organization, uh, supporting a respectful exchange of information. Um, that's why I, I want to be in the center of the storm because eventually you're going to get to those blue skies. And quite frankly, more often than not, that's what you find at the end of our experiences in patient ombudsman is we get to that blue sky of, uh, of reconciliation. Uh, most of our issues at patient ombudsman are resolved at the early resolution stage. They don't escalate to uh, investigations, um, and I think we're quite proud to be able to do that.
0: So how do you see your role? Like, what what's its purpose? Yes, you've s- explained something. What if someone was to contact the uh, institution? What do you do?
1: Well, first and foremost, I listen respectfully. To, to who? The patient. The complainant is, is the trigger for the process. Um, patient ombudsman is, is there to listen to them when they've tried to resolve their complaint at, at the point of service, whether that's a long-term care home, hospital, or home and community care coordinated through the local health integration network. We take the complaint from the patient or their substitute decision maker. Um, so they are the trigger for the proceeding, whatever unfolds. Um, so that's the first step in the process. Would
0: that have to be a written complaint that you then act upon, or pe- will people call or email?
1: Well, um, there's the process is twofold. We do intake, um, so we take uh, concerns over the telephone, and primarily we do this so that one, people have an o- opportunity to tell their story, and two, it's an opportunity for us to them navigate what is really a very complicated system to uh, sometimes address your complaints. Patient Ombudsman has a limited jurisdiction to public hospitals, long-term care homes, home and community care coordinated through the LIN. Uh, but we don't have oversight over uh, regulated health professionals so helping people get connected with the right regulatory body, if the complaint is, for example, about a physician, uh, connecting them with the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario is one, one part of our role. Um, and uh, whatever, if their complaint is about a human rights violation, um, connecting them with the Human Rights Tribunal of Ontario, um, while at the same time making sure that they don't feel that we're just pushing them out the door. I always tell people, you know, if you hit a brick wall um, with wherever I've referred you, I want you to call me back. And I know my colleagues do the same. This is never a shut door. Uh, We're here to help. Uh, The legislation that governs our office, the Excellent Care for All Act, actually requires us to help navigate this very complicated system of complaints. Um, And we do that joyfully, uh, share information. Um, if we don't have it at our fingertips, we h- we have become uh, researchers when we have a researcher in the office when we hit a brick wall, but uh, we won't leave any stone unturned to make sure people get their complaints to the right place so that they can uh, work toward a resolution. If the complaint does fit within our mandate and jurisdiction, then, and I apologize, Rita, if I'm talking too much, no, you, no, need, to, you <laughs> need to nudge me. Um, If we say it ticks all the boxes, they've first gone to the point of service, the internal complaints office at the organization they have a complaint with. If it's a hospital, that would be patient relations. There's usually a patient relations delegate at the local health integration network, and there will be an administrator in a long-term care home. If they've taken their complaints to those bodies, those individuals first, and they are not satisfied with the outcome or they don't think their complaint was handled fairly, they can escalate their complaint to our office. Um, Our office requires that the complaints are submitted in writing, and we try to make that as barrier-free as possible.
0: What do you mean by barrier-free?
1: Well, people can go online and there's a a form that they can complete. Um, We tell people that you don't have to write a big formal fancy letter. Um, As long as you can convey to us um, what's important to you about this experience, where you think things went wrong, what would make it right from your perspective. um, That's all we need to know. If you need some form of accommodation or language support, mental health support, uh, we'll work to engage resources for you um, so that you have that opportunity to bring your complaint forward. And work toward a resolution with us.
0: How how legalistic is the process, or is it intended not to be so much?
1: I don't think it's intended to be legalistic, though we're governed by legislation. Right. Um, we recognize that there's something very unique about the type of work that we do. We're not, and, and no, I mean no disregard to people that look at issues concerned with, you know, city bylaws, for example but we're looking at complaints where people's lives are profoundly affected um they have a concern about the care their mother father brother son so, uh, you know their sister received or they have a worry that something went horribly wrong and the uh, implications of living with that anger are huge for people their trust in the healthcare system which they will inevitably need to intersect with, is it, 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 it's, it's an integral part of the outcome that we seek, And we do this compassionately. We don't write form letters. We, we talk to people routinely. We give them updates. And I don't believe any of us in the office that handle complaints do so without compassion and empathy. Mm-hmm. Because we're we're also consumers of that system. And, and
2: it's one of the job descriptions, being empathic. Forgetting it. Well,
0: you, it may be technically a, a, a requirement of the job, mm-hmm. though it's something connected to each of you as human beings. Yeah,
1: um, to well, um, all of us. Yeah. Well, n-
0: not everybody, I would believe, actually practices empathy, appreciates the empathy
2: um, overall. Yeah. Ideally,
0: it would be great.
2: But uh, at, at our office, um, people are caring I, yeah. immensely, immensely caring. So, um, some people will will call us because they have a live issue that needs that needs to be resolved. We're not set up to necessarily deal with um, with live issues because a review of, of an issue can take can take months. However, we, um, if someone calls because their dad is going to be discharged and, 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 and they are not set up at home for, um, for bringing them back in and they're really in, in panic, uh, even though we cannot, um, we cannot do anything for them, we can put them in, in contact with the person um, who will listen to them and, and, and we we'll do what we you call can provide a some c- referrals. A courtesy call. Right. Um, just a friendly call and that makes a difference.
0: That quality or characteristic that um, we're hoping that people and that the office that you work for, the work that you do is fundamental for for people going through lived experiences that haven't met to their expectations or been exacerbated from their initial treatment or why they went into the system and then it becomes more complicated so h- how do you exude or practice or apply empathy and compassion i'm just trying to give people the sense of listeners It's these are concepts these are how do you how do you what does it mean
2: when someone calls in uh, sometimes they don't know what they expect so by listening with the, to them uh, and, and engaging in the conversation, we help them clarify what they're hoping to achieve. So let's say um, they were at the hospital, something something went wrong. Um, if they call us um, three months later, the past is the past and we cannot change them. Very often, people will say, I don't want what has happened to me to happen to anyone else. So whe- whether it's uh, um, a difficult uh, um, experience in the physical room where they, they were sitting or, or the way um, the, the staff at the hospital responded to them. Um, so they, they come and they say this is what happened and help us make the changes. So, our role is to um, look at the administrative part and the the policies, did did the hospital uh, follow the policy, what did they do or did not do, Um, was it in in line of the procedure, are the procedures that the hospital have um, serving the patients um, the way they meant to? because sometimes you have the policy but then in reality it doesn't doesn't happen and, and we can uh, bring into light changes that that would make a difference and and often the hospital will um, will engage in this conversation and make those changes and uh, people will say ah now i can turn the page
0: so when someone has made a complaint about something that may not necessarily be able to deal with their own because it's happened, it's passed. And as you mentioned, you're looking to, or they're looking for some kind of change of the system or the approach within a facility. How do you then communicate afterwards to someone like that? Because it's not necessarily about them anymore. It's about the system overall.
1: But it's still about them. It's their story.
0: So, so how, how do you get back that information, or
1: well, every written complaint to the office will receive uh, what we call uh, the resolution details, uh, which tells them uh, what we did uh, in response to their complaint, the questions we asked of the organization they're complaining about, the information that we reviewed, and um, the determinations that we've made uh, uh, about the issue based on all of that information but it's not just a written response uh, for most of us we call the complainant and we'll say okay so we've we've gathered all the information, we've reviewed it and we've made some uh, decisions with respect to um, your complaint and how, how it was handled by the organization you have a, a, a challenge with, can we talk about that, let's debrief about where this um, ended up in terms of Um, the conclusions that we've drawn and uh, we walk through all of that uh, with the complaint and uh, you know a very important feature of that is always acknowledging the courage that it took to come forward Um, acknowledging how painful the experience was for them because I can tell you people who have busy lives they certainly would not engage in a process like ours unless they were suffering in some meaningful way and they wanted to prevent other people from suffering the same way. So that's commendable. It's heroic.
0: And, and that's your acknowledgement through the empathic approach of statements, feelings, expressions for people to understand that you're listening.
1: Yeah, and, and you care. They, they count. Mm-hmm. They matter. And that I think is an integral. Part of the response the response process once we've gone through the early resolution stage of uh, complaint management at patient ombudsman Uh, in some cases if we weren't able to get a good resolution if we had difficulty getting a meaningful response from the organization um, if we're uncomfortable with the credibility of the information, we, we have the uh, uh, delegated authority to actually refer that complaint on to the management team, at patient ombudsman, uh, for consideration of an investigation. So we recognize that we're not always going to get an early resolution, but um, the complainant can be reassured that it doesn't end there. That someone else is going to take another look at it and make a determination about whether or not it needs to proceed to an investigation. Um, you know, if it affects the issue they've brought forward, affects a broad number of people, or is particularly compelling. You know, it could lead to a much more formal um, and formal process.
0: Th- though the framing of the early resolution is within your system mm-hmm. of the complaint. Though in the reality is, many of these complaints are coming from many experiences that may have been going on for a while mm-hmm. before it comes into contact with your institution, your system. Yes. And it obviously hasn't been resolved to the dissatisfaction of whoever has come to the complaint. Right. So what kinds of experiences as conflicts or complaints you try to work with, to address, to help support, to navigate? Any examples that...
1: I think uh, Rita has a more recent example where she was able to engage in, uh, like, uh, the early resolution process is largely investigative. Um, it's an inquiries process, a review process, um, fact-finding. Um, but, uh, another element of the work that we're engaging in in the office is to employ mediation uh, with a goal toward uh, reconciliation. And I think Rita could speak to a really um, good outcome that she's had recently in a case utilizing
2: that model. So, yes, thank you, Trish. Uh, um, This um, patient had uh, a a really difficult um, situation happening many years ago when, when the, the child, it, it was actually um, a, a d- the, w- the way the doctor handled um, the, the situation was uh, and turned out, you um, know, the, the patient was, um, it, it didn't turn out well, let's say. And, and after that, each time the family went to the hospital, the the staff there was the history the energy was was always um, impacting the interaction when the family came in so we had a a mediation with the emergency department staff and there were quite a a few people that that came to the mediation which actually showed an an interest in in resolving that uh, that continuous energy over the over the years, um, the family came uh, a, as well, and and the mediation allowed them to find a system to start a fresh, uh, st- um, uh, start fresh in order to for the family to uh, expect um, to be well taken care of and the staff uh, at the hospital not to be scared of the energy. The the negative energy that had built up, and 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 really it was quite transformative, you know, transformed just from being heard from both sides, the, the hospital and 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 the, mm-hmm. and the patient So it was pretty inspiring. Um, I've done another mediation over the phone where um, the the staff uh, the again the emergency staff and. Um, and the, the three people from the family were on the line. And at the end, at the end of that conversation, it was a, l- a long process before getting there because there, there was a lot of review, and, and, and we were kind of the, the mediator with the, the, trans- the transfer of, of information both ways. Uh, the hospital made a lot of changes um in, in the way of, of policies. Um, and one example uh, would be just the way they announced the, the death of, of one of the, the family members um, that had been really difficult for the family and they acknowledge that and work together with the family to, to make uh, to make it better um, in the future. And uh, at the end of the call, um, one of the family members uh, proposed to make a do- donation to the hospital to, to help with, with uh, some improvement. So um, it's not always positive. Sometimes um, the reality is that, for instance, um, in a, often in long-term care homes, people um, and call us and say, we have a non-trespass order received from, from, the, from the home. Um, and Me-
0: meaning what? That a particular person is not able to is, is, is go on the site of the home?
2: It, yes, it's prevented from yeah. going um, because people, uh, resident from homes, must have the ability to, to receive visits. So um, the, the home has the obligation to put in some steps. Uh, in place and um, so our role can be uh, to help those steps uh, be set together so the person knows what to do to come back but also sometimes um, the hospital has to p- protect the staff mm-hmm. um, if, if someone is, is acting in, in a way that that can be of a concern yeah. yeah. And so we, we have to, we work in that balance of uh, um, looking at what is fair from both ways.
0: And so so with the concept of mediation, basically, it's that you as third parties, mediators, you don't make the decisions. You provide the, the means or the space for the people who are part of the issues or concerns for them to have ownership of that.
2: We, we also have a, a, a legal... Um legal
0: uh, um, ba- mandate? Well, we
1: do have like one one service or um, proposition we might make in a particular case that fits the model of mediation that would benefit from that would be the cases like Rita is, is speaking of. If we have a formal complaint as I said, is a is, uh, It's a review based, it's information gathering, um, and we do an assessment of the information provided to us by an organization, the complainant, um, whatever legislation might be appropriate to look at policies, procedures, guidelines, and we make the decision. So sometimes there's opportunities to bring the parties together so that they can, um,
0: resolve it amongst themselves together yeah
1: and we facilitate that right. in other cases we are we are doing a review and making a determination mm-hmm. about a particular case as to whether or not we will proceed further um, if the actions taken by the organization uh, appear appropriate um, if we think things can be improved we make suggestions if it's in an investigative context, then we make recommendations, and it's a much more formal process. So depending on the complaint and the circumstances, we might take a different uh, unique approaches to, to unique situations.
0: How do you deal with cultural context differences, challenges that people engage in a system that it's prone to be maybe not so inclusive, and also with language concerns? what do those mean to you, your service
2: so w- we th- we take every call as they are and, and we deal with with the person as that person uh, is and with the need um, that they have uh, regardless of, of the of the background Um if uh, if they have an issue, we are an, uh, an office of last resort, so they have to have gone through the internal process of the uh, health care uh, organization before we can um, deal with, with an issue. And and once we, uh, once we once they, ha- sometimes people don't know, they will call us and they don't know, and, and it's fair, we invite, we invite, uh, um the listeners to if they have an issue like um the hospital they lost uh, the denture at the hospital or they weren't listened to or the do- doctors did not explain or they were told that something wa- was going to happen but something else happened um, they they are entitled to clarification to information if they don't know if if we are the place to call call and you'll find out that's what we are here to to help um, to help the the, the callers um, deconstruct the, the issues and and deal with. Uh, sometimes there are some issues that we can take we can take and the rest we'll refer. Because um, if, if um, a nurse did did something or didn't do something, um, that act or non act must be referred to the college of nurses and at the same time we can um, engage in the conversation that the hospital had with them uh, and see if they were uh, listened and dealt with fairly in response to their complaint and um, and yeah you can find a lot um, on our perp- website well,
1: wh-
0: what's the ways that people become aware of the service too.
1: Well, one of the things that that I would like to do if you don't mind is share our, our telephone number for, for your listeners. Uh, we have a toll-free number. It's 1-888-321-0339. If you have questions about the, uh, the role of patient ombudsman in the work that we do and you have a situation that you want to talk about to see if it fits within our jurisdiction and mandate, I would welcome you to do that um, you can also go to our website where there's a wealth of information it's uh, www.patientombudsman.ca um, now if we have a few minutes just a, or a few seconds I'll be quick you did mention um, how we deal with with the different cultural uh, language
0: uh, linguistic uh, uh,
1: yeah. if somebody has a language barrier we will certainly engage the services of an interpreter for telephone calls, a translator for written information. And if, you know, there's something unique about their culture that has bearing on the experience Mm -hmm, they have with the health sector organization, you know, we try to uh, make people uh, as comfortable as possible in sharing that with them because I think that's a very important part of how they interact with the system and the system interacts with them. Um, and we need to be mindful and respectful of that. So um, I think people can reasonably expect that uh, a, a great degree of uh, respect for difference. Difference, yeah. yeah. When yeah. they call our office,
2: yeah, and and even we need a, a written uh, complaint. And at the same time, if the if the person want to complain. Um, has the, is not able to to write for any reason mm-hmm. we we will engage in in speaking with them on the phone and and, and accepting it uh, helping them uh, helping them take yeah. the take the complaint the, the best way that they can we'll accommodate
0: i just wanted to ask also you mentioned about one of the mediations you did on the phone was the fir- first one you know on the phone too or was that in-person? Do you ever conduct in-person process?
2: Yes, we, we are starting to, um, to have a few projects uh, in person and, and it's, uh, it's extremely meaningful and, and well received. One of our
1: colleagues actually did go into an acute care hospital and participated in an on-site mediation with a healthcare team, patient, family um, and uh, achieved uh, quite a good resolution, or enabled that to happen between right, yeah. uh, the parties, as,
2: as you know, to be heard and um, is and to be validated, because mm-hmm. everyone makes mistakes. Uh, being human is also um, is is also part of uh, having. uh, making mistakes or our
0: differences are sometimes communicated unintentionally in a manner that they're not understood the way they were going to Uh, be presented
2: absolutely absolutely it's this human aspect that we bring to the table
3: and sometimes it's the caller who may not um, understand where the people in the healthcare institution are coming from or what kinds of rules they have to deal with, and or limitations, right, and they make assumptions about about why they're being treated that way that aren't necessarily correct. And if you can help them understand the perspective from the other um, side of the table, a lot of times they can understand that and say, oh, I didn't realize that that's how, how it was, and I guess I, I, I was kind of wrong about what I was assuming. Yeah. About that.
0: Yeah, we so so we have very little time to go, yeah. what what message would you like to provide for people from our conversation today, to help them navigate any potential or current situations they're experiencing?
2: You know, sometimes people don't know if they want to make a complaint or not, because um, sometimes it's psychologically you, you need more time or, or not. Just Call in and, and, and find out, we, we'll help you explore um, e- explore with you and, and that is uh, uh, one way of, of finding out. And uh, I would say, you know,
1: be fearless. Come forward, don't live uh, with the baggage of a horrible experience. Um, whether you go forward to the patient relations office in the health sector organization that you had the experience or you come forward to patient ombudsman, um, be fearless, and we'll be there for you.
2: And so, sometimes people are scared, what if I complain and then my, my mom will get worse uh, yeah, care? And they'll
0: hear about it at the institution or facility, and, and then they'll use that against my loved one.
2: Uh, And often it's the opposite that happens because now they they have a voice and and they are being heard and and changes can happen. And if it does happen,
1: they can call us back and say, you know what? I made a complaint to your office and things are worse. And we'll figure out who we need to talk to at that organization about that outcome because that wouldn't be acceptable. So
0: a bit of advocacy as well.
1: Never an advocate. Never an advocate. but we Advocacy. Will
0: rec- so the context of helping people to empower themselves to get access to what they need yes. to help better themselves.
2: Because we're guided by fairness. Yes.
0: Okay. Thank you, b- both of you, for visiting and informing. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you
1: so yeah.
2: much for having us here. Oh this
1: hey. was a lot of fun. All right. <laughs> I could do this for hours. <laughs> <laughs> You've been
0: We've listening to Mediation <laughs> <laughs> Station. Thanks very much.